Hi, welcome to another episode of What Are We Doing? A podcast from The Highlander. Mike Baker with The Highlander, and I am sat uh, sat down this afternoon getting ready to chat with Amber Myrick, a Ward 2 candidate in Algonquin Highlands. Uh, we're going to be chatting about... <laughs> Um, Amber's reasons for running and then also looking at some of the issues that, uh, that are important to her as she gets ready to, uh, to continue on with her campaign uh, and then touching on some of the um, I guess hot button issues facing uh, Halliburton County today and into the future. So uh, thank you for joining us today, Amber. You're welcome. Thanks for the opportunity. Perfect. Okay, so we'll start off. Um, yeah, we'll start off with some personal things, uh, you know, about yourself. Um, so yeah, why don't you sort of just get, give me a bit of a background, you know, your, your history uh, with Halliburton County, um, you know, how long you've been coming here, living here, that sort of thing. Uh, yes, um, so as an elementary school teacher for almost 30 years, I've dedicated my life to helping others and finding solutions that optimize outcomes. Uh, prior to teaching, I gained experience in municipal government affairs through my work as a community coordinator for a land development company in Brooklyn, Ontario, where I personally assisted all the new residents with their transition, accessing municipal services and contacts and organizing public events, and ultimately building a true sense of community there. Uh, I recently was successful in my presentation to Algonquin Highlands Council members regarding a zoning bylaw amendment application, which then resulted in a deferred vote and subsequently a vastly revised zoning bylaw amendment and uh, one of the main reasons I've, I've chosen to put my name forward is because I feel um, perhaps there is a little bit of accountability missing in the current council. I will strive to be an accountable voice in Algonquin Highlands by truly listening to all taxpayers in the township and will continually request and seek out input on all important matters in the community, even if that may mean revising my own personal views when presented with conflicting evidence and public sentiment. I realize and fully understand that I'm elected to represent the community, and I will keep that in the forefront of my mind in every single decision in which I am involved. Currently, I'm uh, pretty active in the community. I am a figure skating coach at the Minden Skating Club. I'm also involved with the issues on my road association, lake association, and I, I also um, have been in the community literally since I was very young, a toddler, uh, with with cottages in Algonquin Highlands, but also in Dysart. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm aware of the county, um, and my and my children are also quite involved. They have employment in the county, and they've also um, you know grown up there. Uh, we we spent about fifty percent of our time. Uh, year-round at, at our re- residence in Algonquin Highlands mm-hmm. and plan to make that a permanent 100% uh, place to to reside. And I'm really excited about the opportunity of perhaps uh, representing Ward 2 in the uh, upcoming four-year term. Awesome. So you, you mentioned you're, you're here sort of on a, on a part-time basis right now. When, when do you plan to make that uh, move permanent? After October twenty fourth. Okay. Perfect. So, have you ever run for uh, for municipal office before, or would this be sort of like a first time thing for you? Uh, this is a first time thing to actually run for office. 
Um, I, as I mentioned, have been involved in municipal affairs through previous employment Mm -hmm. uh, and just as a resident as of late. But this is my first time actually running for office. So, yeah, you know, you touched on, you know, your work background and why you think that sets you up well, um, you know, you know, to uh, to to potentially serve as as a counselor. Why don't you run through, you know, the skills that uh, that you have that you think you bring to the table that would, um, yeah, would help you, I guess, be a successful uh, counselor? I think uh, one of the biggest things is my communication skills. Um, obviously, as a t- teacher, that's for, for forefront of every single day of my uh, of my work career. Uh, but also, I feel that um, I am extremely conscientious and dedicated to to what I'm doing. I don't do anything without a two hundred percent effort. Uh, I feel that skill of, of perseverance in itself because nothing is ever quick. As the, the solutions to these very complicated problems are complex, mm-hmm. multifaceted. I'm, a, I'm an amazing multitasker, again, through my, uh, my work and also through my ability to, to do so many things at once, like particularly... Um, with my uh, coaching and my and my work with uh, children and and adults, uh, teaching them both. So I feel like the communication skills, the multitasking, and the perseverance and and the commitment are certainly skills that um, I would find vital in this position. Okay. You know, I'm sure you've had time to sit down and sort of figure out what, uh, you know, what issues are important, uh, important to you, um, you know, as you sort of embark on this uh, bid for council. But, uh, you know, what do you see as perhaps the, the number one issue, the top issue that's, uh, that, that um, yeah, you'll be hopefully working to, uh, to identify? Well, um, I do have several that kind of fall within three kind of overarching themes or issues that um, I feel would be the most important. Number one, I, I mean, I feel that this is not an easy fix, but it's, it needs to be addressed, and that's focusing on greater cooperation with other levels of government to empower municipal governments and to increase the participation of citizens to positively affect their daily lives. And particularly, this could apply in our county to the areas of um, achievable and proven environmental protection, as well as in, in, <clears throat> excuse me, incentive programs to entice healthcare workers. Um, municipal governments have the greatest impact on the da- daily lives of the citizens, and yet we have the least amount of power over our, well, first of all, for our revenue, uh, and second of all, we have very little um, communication with the other two levels of government and therefore it, we find ourselves kind of being treated as the little brother or little sister when we really should have much more influence over the lives of our citizens and how we can positively impact their lives and also their participation in it. Okay. And then say, I know I know, I said number one, but you know, you, you said you've identified a couple of other ones. I mean, if, if you, yeah. now you, you definitely feel free to elaborate on those if you'd like. Okay, um, well, my second kind of overarching area would be uh, restoring, maintaining, and improving the services for taxpayers in Algonquin Highlands in a timely and cost-effective manner, such as our waste management facilities, roads, transportation, parks and rec, 
and municipal infrastructure, such as libraries. I think we need a much more careful examination of budgeted items, outstanding tenders, currently available surpluses, and we need to commit to no further increases in property taxes. Those, those are quite a few things kind of all rolled into one thing about restoring, maintaining, and improving services. All right, and then, um, you know, as we... I have a third area, if, if I could briefly... Absolutely, yeah, go right ahead. Uh, I do feel we need expansion of available housing and incentives, such as the Kawartha Lakes Halliburton Housing Corporation program. Then, if we are able to tackle the housing crisis and shortage, that may then contribute to the ability to fill vacancies in our workforce which is another critical thing that uh, has been crippling our community. And then that, in turn, may assist the local businesses who have been struggling so much, um, especially post-pandemic, but also during the pandemic and pre-pandemic. The, the, this needs to be addressed, and it's not an easy situation. There's going to have to be uh, work in lots of areas, which will hopefully trickle down to, as I mentioned, the businesses at the end of the chain, but uh, the housing, which can affect the uh, workforce, which can then affect the businesses, I, I believe that's that's got to be expanded. Yeah, and then we're going to move across to discuss some of those uh, some of those key issues that we've identified facing Halliburton County today. And uh, unsurprisingly, I think housing uh, is right there at the top of that list, number one. Uh, you know, there is a real lack of available, not only affordable, but, you know, available housing uh, in Halliburton County. Uh, you know, hearing yep. hearing more and more stories uh, now of, of, of long-term residents, you know, even people who were born and raised here, you know, being forced out of the community because they just, they just can't afford to live here anymore. Uh, you know, what a, you, you spoke about maybe looking to identify to bring more housing uh, online. You know, what ideas or solutions do you have that, you know, could make that a reality to 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 really bolster our housing um housing availability in Halliburton county well one of the things that i had mentioned was the housing program the, the Halliburton kawartha lakes one i do believe that there are people who such as seasonal residents that perhaps would have uh not uh standalone housing but could have issue uh, could have the availability of some seasonal uh, or or severance of their property development to maybe finish a basement, finish a bunkie, those types of things could be explored. As well as, I just think we need to get some incentives for building. And I mean, that's again where we're going to need cooperation from the provincial government for you know builder incentives and and things such as that at the same time we have to be protecting our environment not just building without consequence to what the uh, current environmental protection laws are but we absolutely need to do both we need to get the uh, housing that is here available and affordable and then we also need some new housing and again we need the cooperation certainly of the provincial government to get to get some further funds and get more programs running uh, that can be um, trickled down to actually see some results of affordable and available places for people to stay here in this county, but specifically in Ward 2. 
Yeah, and I think one B uh, in terms of uh, you know overarching issues facing the community is uh, is poverty. You know, for years the Highlands region has been recognised as one of the poorest in Ontario. Uh, you know, latest data we have you know suggests that seventeen percent of our population lives in poverty. When it comes to to children, it's even a higher percentage. Around twenty five percent of children living in poverty. What do you think can be done to to buck this trend? You know, at the municipal level, uh, obviously it's going to take buy in from from all levels, all partners to to, to try and solve this. But uh, how can we go about turning the situation around? I think there there's got to be a lot more uh, programs for regarding the poverty programs for social services there's got to be more money put into the budget for those types of things food banks of course are alive and well but we need a lot more in that area certainly with children and their uh their school programs again this is from our taxes for our school budget they need uh, nutrition programs they need after school programs we need drop-in centers we definitely have to expand upon things like library programs we cannot have our library in Algonquin Highlands closed for two years that's that's not going to help the, the, the problems also I do believe that we should um, be expecting uh, tax increase or not increase but uh, for example new businesses that come in should be required to donate a certain percentage back to the community in whatever programs the municipality sees fit or needs for their for example uh, poverty um, strategy to combat these issues um, a good example would have been the um, recent dimensions uh, facility that has uh, Avowed that they will be donating back four percent of their profits to the local community, and as they are not um, accessible to anyone that's in our community because of the exorbitant prices that they are charging, they have got to live up to this four percent and be donating it back. Those types of things need to be enforced and need to be followed up on so that we can actually benefit right here in this community from businesses and not just, uh, you know, see the money come and go. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And uh, when we look, especially with the makeup of Halliburton County, you know, the vast geography that sort of exists, uh, you know, we have people living in you know, all four corners of, of our municipality, Algonquin Highlands, you know, a lot of people sort of live live rurally and there has been calls and uh, suggestions that, you know, a public transportation system would, would really help people, especially those living on a budget, get from, you know, point A to B and, and uh, you know, be able to access jobs and services, that sort of thing. How do you think a transportation, uh, you know, method strategy could be incorporated in, in the Halliburton County, again, just given the, the vast size of our community? Um, I, I feel just from my experience in Durham region that there can, it's a vast geographically um, spread out region as well. You can operate a system that is on demand and that can be used um, by remote areas of the county. It may not be um, the, you know, that you have a bus every hour or a, uh, a way to, you know, get on your time frame. 
get to where you need to be. But there should be something available each day that you can call on demand and get um, a ride. I know that does happen here. And we have the on-demand transit for the uh, northern area of Durham region because it's not served by a municipal bus system. They have only on-demand, and I know that it works, and it's very um, cost-effective. It is subsidized by the southern portions of the region. So here's where, again, we're going to need to look for uh, areas where we can get that revenue to subsidize a situation where the uh, there, it's a lot of gas, it's a lot of distance to, to cover, but perhaps there can be a trade-off with the availability of it being scaled back, but at least having something available and, and being able to find the funds for that type of a system. It, it needs to be looked at, and it would absolutely help with many of the other areas uh, uh, you know, of difficulty that our municipality and our county is facing. Yeah. And I think there's some examples in, in the county that's, uh, you know, this, a program like that, you know, could have legs. I know the county has, has come to sort of a, an agreement with point in time to, to subsidize a, a startup pro- a program there that would be almost like, um, like what you said, a, a call for service Uber light program where if someone needs a ride, then they call and, you know, someone yep. goes and picks them up. So, I mean, there's. Yeah, there's evidence to suggest that these things are sort of moving in the county, so it'd be it'd be good to get uh, good good to get something out there for the wider community. That's for sure. And another thing I'm sure you've uh, you've noticed when you've been up uh, up and around uh, around the community, around the different towns, are uh, all the help wanted signs that have sort of sprung up as we're coming out of the pandemic. Uh, you yeah. know, how, how do you think we go about restocking our labor pool and, and, and making Halliburton County an attractive and feasible place for, for people to work, uh, you know, particularly for entry level and, and, and seasonal positions that really seem to be struggling right now? Yeah, uh, you know, during the pandemic, we definitely experienced that in our own family with things being shut down and um, particularly in my family's example, the ski hills were not operating. Um, even though they were an out, outside uh, recreational facility, and that really hurt the employees. And when that types, when those types of things happen, you know, people do go and look for jobs elsewhere. Or with the government subsidies, they they didn't. I think we're still kind of lagging in that area. We we need to get out there and get programs, incentive programs. There are federal programs to hire students. Um, another, you know, in the summertime, my daughters also work in the water sports industry. Mm-hmm. And I know that there are programs where uh, you can hire those types of uh, seasonal workers with pay from the federal government subsidizing the wages. Uh, as I mentioned, the housing has to be looked at as well. You can't get a job in Algonquin Highlands if you can't get to work um, ha- or have anywhere to go home to at the end of the day. Uh, but those things need to all be certainly looked at. But I think training programs as well. And, and I did see um, a few signs lately, you know, businesses now are saying, you know, no training required. Like, I do feel that that's the thing. I think people are discouraged. I think a lot of the times the the, comp- the competition that has been for those jobs, students in particular in the past, um, they, they've got to get out there and they've got to get 
back in the swing of things in terms of getting those positions. And also, we absolutely need some more grant money and federal funding, provincial funding to help with our tourism industry. Mm-hmm. We, we, without it, our county is lost. We absolutely need that money coming in and we, we cannot have businesses shutting down. We need to keep boosting that uh, tourism industry. And, and not only that, even in healthcare, there, the, the uh, Association of Municipalities of Ontario has started already working with the provincial government. We need a graduated incentive program for healthcare workers. I know that there's PSW training now available for free for people who would like to enter that profession. We need to bring all of that to Algonquin Highlands as well. Okay. And you know, shifting over into healthcare now, I think that's been one of the, the big news items uh, certainly that we've been covering over the past six to eight months is, is the situation uh, or the staffing situation at the Minden and Halliburton hospitals. Uh, obviously, short, shortages there has led to Triple HS administration saying uh, temporary ER department shutdowns may be necessary. Now, fortunately, we haven't uh, we haven't seen any come to pass yet, but uh, still, you know, we think this begs the question. Uh, you know, can we as a community continue to support and accommodate two hospitals in Halliburton County moving forward? And you know, what are your thoughts on on a potential amalgamation of the two locations? I think on an issue that large, whether it be amalgamations of a hospital or amalgamations of the municipalities into um, one big municipality, mega municipality, um, I think those kinds of issues absolutely need a a vote of the citizens that are greatly affected by it um, in in terms of uh, everyone getting their say on some type of a referendum vote. But I do also feel personally I would not be opposed to looking at streamlining the healthcare services down into one that can be maintained in the sense that the staffing, the resources, the, the building facilities, and all of that can be achieved as opposed to splitting between two. Uh, I think that's certainly something to be looked at to be able to improve the services of the one location. And, and again, in, in a county situation versus a uh, several municipalities amalgamating, which has been spoken of many, many times. Uh, I do feel that um, perhaps there is savings there in streamlining the administration. But above all, that means that's a question that needs to go to the citizens of Algonquin Highlands, and certainly uh, should be uh, before anything like that is moved forward on, because that that's a that's a major life changing decision, and I do feel that. That, that is, it's warranted to get more input than just my opinion. Uh, but as I mentioned, my opinion is it should be looked at. Okay, thank you for sharing that. Uh, the county has adopted a new shoreline preservation bylaw uh, just last month, you know, following God, years of debate and controversy on the file. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on that, on that final document and, and where the county landed with that? Yeah, um, well, according to the county's forestry, conservation, and county weed inspector, James Rogers, uh, when he provided the data um, that re- that was released on the tree bylaw infraction prior to the shoreline bylaw, um, you know, in 2021, out of 82 site visits, there were six fines and 12 compliance requests or, you know, work stop work orders. So that's about 18. 
And if you compare that to the total population of Halliburton County, over 18,000, you know, 0.1% of the population is considered non-compliant. And I'll I'll admit, you know, not everyone or even a high percentage of the 18,000 population are all shoreline property owners. It still shows there's a great deal of compliance already. Um, The problem with our shoreline bylaw or any bylaw is that it's a complaint-based system. So complaints are sometimes warranted, sometimes not, but habitual complainers can also be ignored or labeled a public nuisance. And this kind of system is not only inefficient due to the onus being put on the citizens, but it also does not truly effectively stop the actual offenders. Some bylaws have been known to have been passed with very little public input, Particularly when a zoning bylaw amendment is being sought, only landowners within 100 metres of the proposed property need to be notified on a small sign posted. And after only one public meeting, which you must register in advance even to be able to speak at, council will then vote upon the bylaw or possibly agree to defer the vote, but there will be no further public meeting after that. Uh, Citizens are not able to attend the council meeting in person, and there are no available public computers in Algonquin Highlands. This can be an extremely unfair system for neighbouring property owners and the community at large, especially if you're facing a contentious bylaw amendment. Uh, This whole system needs revisions if we are wanting to uphold the council member's job of balancing community interests with sustainable and prudent growth. Instead of letting the shoreline preservation bylaw go back to the lower tier municipal officials, uh, Liz Danielson said she was hesitant to do this and it got passed um, that the lower tier councillors should not be given any further ability to input. I think that was a very big mistake and far bigger problem beyond the um, systemic problem of the bylaw enforcement in the first place is the question of septic systems and more precisely, the rules around what can be placed in them. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, according to the Ministry of the Environment, uh, there are no guidelines at present around certain contaminants reaching our lakes through our septic systems. And there are lots of contaminants, um, including medications, uh, birth control hormones, legalized drugs such as cannabis, that are challenging the health of our lake ecosystems. Um, And also you have... um, the whole problem of road salt and road treatments. There are so many things affecting our lake health. I don't feel that the bylaw, the way it has been written, um, is enforceable. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's difficult to uh, even enforce the fine of uh, of any amount, but the fines of fifty thousand to one hundred thousand dollars are never never levied. Those will never they, they can't be enforced. And I think uh, things like, like this very onerous system of the permitting that people have to go through basically is just punishing the already compliant. It, it doesn't really do anything for the offenders uh, to have to pay a fine that's nominal. And it certainly doesn't do anything as far as improving our, our shorelines. We need programs of education and perhaps free distribution or uh, at least incentives towards plants that can be uh, planted along the shoreline to improve our natural shoreline. Those types of programs, that will make a difference. I don't think this uh, shoreline bylaw is going to make the difference that it was intended to make. 
I feel when you enact a bylaw that has uh, little community support, uh, not little, but not very uh, widespread community support, shall we say, it's pretty much doomed for failure. It's expensive to, to try to enforce it. Um, even the uh, Association of Municipalities of Ontario has has also noti- notified uh, the Ontario government who has proposed we need to uh, increase the fines to, to environmental polluters and donate this money to the Environmental Protection Act initiatives and, and donate it back to municipalities to be, to be used. Um, even they have said the, the enforcement of these bylaws is a real problem and it cannot work without greater focus on the enforcement and how that will work. And, and I do think, as I mentioned, it, it punishes the already compliant. We need to focus on other things such as septics and the other runoff into the lake, such as road treatments. As well, we need to focus on um, and, and programs and education that will really help improve our shorelines. Um, and, there, and there's far too many complex uh, steps now in place for for people regarding the uh, zoning. I'm sorry, not the zoning, the uh, shoreline bylaw that's just been passed. And obviously, next up on the county's radar now, you know, short-term rentals. That's something that I think has been. Uh, sort of been a, a big topic across municipalities all across Ontario, uh, each of them sort of taking different stances on how to uh, how to regulate them. You know, where do you stand on this issue? Uh, you know, do you think short-term rentals have a place in Halliburton County? And if so, how should they, you know, be operated? And should there be more of a, more, more regulation, more inspections from, uh, from the municipal level? I do feel there are many municipalities across Ontario that are um, tackling the same issue. I do feel that um, there's the shorter the rental, the more difficult, you know, and, and detrimental this becomes uh, in terms of protecting the environment, in terms of the enjoyment of the uh, surrounding residents and citizens of our of our county and of our township. I do feel there needs to be uh, that needs to be looked at. I do feel that we need to find out what is short term. Um, in particular, um, there shouldn't be these overnight types of rentals because those do not do uh, really any long term good. And I'm mentioning about this housing crisis. Um, perhaps there can be, you know, this expanded where people instead of having to rent out for a week here and two weeks there, and they're trying to make a business of it, perhaps they could rent out to a worker who needs to come for the summer and they have a two or three month rental that's subsidized in some way. Everyone's happy. We get workers in here and we don't have, you know, the people that maybe are being destructive to the environment or being disruptive to the, uh, the neighbors around them and and I feel that could be a solution certainly it needs to be looked at I do feel the definition of short-term rental and if other municipalities are doing it finding success you know Algonquin Highland needs to keep up because we are absolutely based on tourism Mm -hmm. so looking ahead you know if you should you be successful in your bid and and be elected following uh, the October 24th election uh, first thing I think that's going to come across council's desk is going to be the 2023 budget. Uh, deliberations for that will begin, uh, you know, I think before the end of the year. So, uh, 
Yeah, what would your what would your priorities be? Uh, you know, heading into those budget deliberations, what would your your, your focus be for those talks? Well, I definitely uh, would commit to no more tax increases. Um, there have been tax increases uh, settling every year. We do have a surplus. I do think we need to look more carefully, line by line, as to what's been budgeted, what maybe we need to change our focus to. Uh, again, getting input from my uh, ward in terms of what their priorities, that would be one of the very first things I would do, would be asking for input um, and, and going from there in terms of what do they want to see, what do we need. I mean, I know the big things that we need, but one of, the, what is, one of the things I would vow is more open communication in that sense of getting input from the community in that sense, then being able to move forward and know what their priorities are. They might not necessarily um, coincide completely with mine, but, but, I, but I know that that's my job is to bring forward their, consider, their concerns. And I'm hearing loud and clear, we absolutely can have no more tax increases. And big picture sort of look here, you know, um, what's your overarching vision perhaps for, for Algonquin Highlands and, you know, what it, what, what it is, what it could be as, as a community? Well, I, I'm encouraged to see that there's an election this year. Um, I, I was disappointed in previous years to see so many acclamations, not, not just in this township, but in several um, in 2018, there were uh, 26 councils out of the 414 that had their entire council claimed. So it's it's good to see that you know we are we are now having an election after not having one for for a few years, and also um, I do feel that that means that there are things to be solved. There are things that need to be looked at, and. I see a vision of, as I mentioned, what I'm standing by, greater communication between our, our council and our citizens. We need, we need better cohesiveness between our full-time residents, part-time residents, seasonal residents. That, that is, it's got to come together. Our, our tourism needs, needs a look because we absolutely need to support it if we want to survive. We've got to get those. We've got to get our numbers as regarding the poverty. That's got to be on the upswing. We can't have this happening. That's that's an embarrassment and a, and a shame that this is going on. We we got to help in any way that we can in, in terms of bringing prog programs to to look at that. Uh, it is a great place. It's the most beautiful place in Ontario, in my opinion, and we have to keep it that way. Uh, there's a lot of work to be done, but I think it can be done together. And I think council needs to be listening. And that's what I'm prepared to do. Awesome. I think you wrapped that up nicely. But, um, you know, wanted to check anyway. Any final thoughts? Anything we haven't touched on that you feel is important to note? No, I feel like I've been speaking nonstop. <laughs> so I'm. <laughs> hey, you addressed all issues. You answered all questions. And say that's, uh, yeah, I, I, I appreciate you doing that. Thank you. Thank you so much. And if I could just encourage people to be able to go out and vote, as I've been uh, speaking with so many people, a lot of people, especially um, people who are only part-time residents or seasonal residents, don't even realize that they can vote. So I encourage everyone to please cast the, their ballot and have their say. Um, it's, it's, it's 
going to be very important that you exercise your civil rights and that you do this um, for our next four years moving forward are going to be critical. And just please go out, cast your ballot, whether that be via phone or via internet. We absolutely need to hear from every citizen. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for your time this afternoon, Amber. Thank you, everybody. What Are We Doing is a podcast produced by Justin Van Leishout in partnership with The Highlander. Reporters working on this project include me, Sam Gillett, our editor, Lisa Gervais, and Mike Baker. Be sure to follow along as we cover candidates in your riding, as well as everyone running for election across Halliburton County. Music in this episode is from Kashaga, and our cover art is from Jason Yates, who can be found on Instagram at jy.inc.